Hi everyone and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Something Else Podcast. My name is Gabriella and this is my guest. Dr. Tyrone K. Grandison. Pleasure to see everybody. How are you guys doing? So today we're talking about men's mental health. We're talking about the stigma. We're getting into that topic. So um, that's what we're going to be doing today. But before we get into that, of course, we already know what time it is. It is the affirmation of the week. These are by Intelligent Change sponsors, if you see this. So this one says, every day I am learning and growing. These are really good. I love these. Very fire. Sponsors. First um, time I've seen these, pretty cool. They're really good. Do you yeah. really have like, they come? They came up with the five minute journal. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. They were like, cool. I don't know. 60 bucks. I would like okay. 60 bucks for some affirmation cards. Why not? At that point. Tattoo it. It's a great reminder. So, first of all, I kind of want to get into kind of like how you got into like the mental health space. Mm -hmm. Like, how did you stumble across this profession? Yeah, um, it's a, a great question. I think, uh, you know, kind of growing up, I was good at a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm very athletic, played a lot of different sports throughout my life. Mm -hmm. And, um, well, I, truthfully, what really did it was uh, my freshman year of college, I got really sick. I had a partial brain infection mm -hmm. from uh, from a dental procedure, which is crazy, okay. yeah, um, which made me stop playing basketball. And uh, afterwards, as you know, I literally almost died at that time. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, um, as I started to get better and I realized that athletics was something that I might not be able to pursue at the time, I was just trying to figure out like what I felt like I was naturally good at. Um, and you know, ever since I was young, I really did have a good gift of communication, being able to talk to all different types of people, and that's what kind of had me start to research. I'm like, okay, how can I utilize that skill set of communication? Mm -hmm. um, friends would ask for advice and things of that sort, and that's what kind of made me realize, all right, I'm already giving advice for free and doing this and doing that and helping people through situations. So I'm like, all right, what profession like adds into this essentially? And that's kind of how I stumbled upon it. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that you know, like I think you mentioned, you had like a partial like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, do you think that kind of experience really resonates today? Like when you're speaking with your clients, like did that build more empathy as far as you know you dealing with what you deal with now? I think what it did for me is it made me a lot more um, like aware as, mm -hmm. like, as an individual in a sense. Um, a lot, a lot of the time, I always like when I work with people. It's just there's a, a clear difference. I think at times, you know, everybody has their own experiences. Yeah, yeah. But when you have like a real near death experience where you yeah. actually almost die, like it puts it, yeah, a lot of things into perspective for you. And it's just like, okay, like I don't have to be here right now. Like you know, tomorrow could be a different day. Who knows? Uh, whatever any situation could end up being in a sense. So mm -hmm. you know, that really put things into perspective for me for for change. And I was just like, you know what? Like, and it just made me so much more aware. Uh, of a lot of things that were happening around me, uh, other people's uh, positions, things that they've been through, and things of that sort. So yeah, that's what I want to say, especially as a male, a black mm -hmm. male in the mental health space, you're like a unicorn. <laughs> but um, as we kind of get into the conversation around like men's mental health and the stigma, where do you feel like the stigma comes from as far as like surrounding men's mental health? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, beginning of time, I think uh, originally, if you really date back to like, you know, before the 50s and 60s and things of that sort, let's, at least clinically speaking, we can mm -hmm. say um, the field really, you know, if we go back to like Freudian era times and things of that sort, where you would go to a doctor or a mental health clinician, it's because something was wrong. You were sick in the head yeah, or crazy, crazy or something of that sort. 
And it started as like a, oh, like I'm gonna fix you. You're gonna come here to get fixed, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And over time, I feel like, you know, obviously that stigma of somebody's not mentally right or things of that sort, like what happens there really is just that, you know, that makes people shy away. Like, I don't want something to seem like there's something wrong with me or things of yeah. that sort. So that plays a role into it, of course, when we look at the field as a whole. Now, if we now break that down, um, culturally in a sense you know i'm a west indian um, half jamaican half haitian Mm -hmm. and you know culturally speaking about these you know various um demographics of people uh again that fits into their like having to be strong having to um exemplify yourself in a specific way and i think that that adds more pressure onto it and then also you know the black community doesn't really even necessarily believe or think that it's a thing um Present day, again, as we've kind of moved forward and people, you know, a lot of, you know, athletes and celebrities are coming out about their mental health issues and things of that sort. I think that that started to really shed light on the situation Mm -hmm. and people started to recognize that, okay, this is really real real, and there's a way to prevent it and things of that sort in a sense too. So, um, you know, just a mixture of not only how the field of mental health originally started, I think, Mm -hmm. was the beginning portion of those stigmas. Mm -hmm. And then from there, culturally, how we have to put on this facade of con- constantly being strong or yeah, this, perfect. that, and the fourth and to overcome how we've been oppressed for so many years. You know, how how can one not want to exemplify themselves in the strongest way possible in that True. sense too? And not, you know, show what people will call weakness in a sense. So, yeah. Understandable. Mm-hmm. So like, how can we begin to like diminish the stigma like around men's mental health? Because I know that of course, I know that you do you do marriage counseling as mm-hmm. well. Yep. Sometimes I feel like, especially with women, when they try to come get their partner yeah. into like, oh, let's go to counseling. It's always like, no, I'm okay. You mm-hmm. can go, but I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nah, it's just, <laughs> I have a, like probably two clients right now that I'm working with that it was the same thing. Like, you can go, but like, I'm fine kind of thing. And then the partner really over time decided to come in and then, you know, we all work together. Um, so remind me, you said your question was, how can we diminish the, stigma. we diminish the stigmas, mm-hmm. right? Um, primarily, people, people just got to speak up, mm-hmm. you know? Um, there is nothing wrong with talking to somebody um, or having a conversation from an unbiased place. And that's really what therapy is. I think that therapy really, people, again, come and you think that, oh, I have a problem that I have to fix. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the case. Um, I always say like, you know, growing up, we've all gone to the doctor to check our heart rate, blood pressure, um, you know, how we're feeling if we're sick or we have a cold. When was the last time anybody went to the doctor to make sure they were thinking correctly or their thought process was going in the right pattern? Yeah. Every time I ask somebody that, they're like, yeah, I never went to a doctor appointment to check to make sure I was thinking in the right in the right direction. And, you know, same thing for me, too. I never went to a doctor's appointment to, oh, you're thinking straight? Like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, I'm fine, you know? Um, so when you think about that, I, I say that people should just speak up in a sense where it's just like, you know, nothing has to be wrong. You could come to therapy and be like, yo, I'm dealing with the situation at work. I want to handle it, uh, you know, the best way possible. Um, you know, I'm trying to put a better foot forward in communication, understanding, and your therapist can work with you on ways to communicate better, understand better for yourself. And there's, again, nothing necessarily wrong with that. It's not that anything crazy was wrong. It's mm-hmm. just that, um, you know, you wanted to make sure that you had the, you know, the right mental acuity to handle the situation that you wanted to in a sense too. So I think the more people really talk about what their experience is in therapy, um, and again, in this field, everything we talk about is strictly confidential. So sometimes you don't want people to know that you're speaking to someone, but uh, a big way in doing that is people kind of speaking up more. Yeah. Okay. No, that's really understandable. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, like just speaking up, just kind of like allowing this kind of openness. 
um, I wanted to say like how can we get like tips or you know insight on how we can encourage particularly men to be more vulnerable mm -hmm. as far as maybe being open to this kind of experience so for me at least down here in South Florida what I'm doing is I've been you know everything that I do is around finding ways to break down the stigmas around mental health personally so mm -hmm. I created my company is the New Balance Group Incorporated mm -hmm. uh, what we do is not only it's a, it's a therapy group that offers um, mental and physical health of course However, what I'm doing is I'm trying to find different ways to go into the community and implement structure and programs where you kind of put therapists in like in an inconspicuous place, for mm -hmm. instance, right? So my way to do that personally um, is through health and wellness and fitness, right? So I have a, a concept that I'm working on right now. It's a spin studio. It's called Ride Miami. Mm -hmm. um, and there we run uh, spin class. You know, it's an ultra-modern spin experience. So just instead of like getting on a bike and doing a workout, there's like an instructor with a DJ. It kind of feels like you're at a, at a party or like a club kind of feel, mm -hmm. but you're working out. After the group, you know, we, you know, we have our, um, after the class, we um, are having like talks, for instance, where people can kind of talk and decompress when you talk about your work day, things that are going on for you personally in life. And what that does is it kind of gets people in the mood of just like having group conversations with people. And those conversations, in a sense, though they're not necessarily directly therapy, they are therapeutic in a sense because you get to kind of vibe with people, recognize yeah. that people are going through similar situations that you are. And then you also are building a community of individuals who are going to support you through your goals, right? So what that does then essentially is now you can really like work on your health and wellness and you can have somebody there to kind of guide you through that process. You now have a community of people who are going to be like, oh, like, are you coming to class? Are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? And it helps individuals, I think, really um, feel like they're part of that community, but then inch them towards that kind of scope. And then in those conversations, what I'm doing is, you know, I'm bringing up therapy and having more in-depth conversation and encouraging people like, you know, what we're talking about now is very similar to how it's handled in the therapy room in a sense, you know, mm -hmm. and as they feel that comfort working with me or the interns or people that I work with, um, it allows them to, you know, kind of be curious now and yeah. kind of like step into the space and be like, maybe I should, you know, kind of talk to someone or this, that and the forth and, you know, try and figure out how to, how to go through it. So you yeah. said something that, um, kind of, piqued my interest you said inconspicuous places like mm -hmm. can you elaborate on what you mean by like yeah um uh, even it's so funny because even when i work with like you know teenagers in certain mm -hmm. age demographics now they're just like you're a therapist like how, like what like, yeah, i did yeah. not expect they expo expect like you know like an older guy like some glasses yeah some glasses just a different but yeah a different different Sit vibe on the couch, yeah. exactly exactly and like yeah there are instances where you know i'll wear the white coat but then there are instances where i'll dress down and you want to meet people where they are that's the biggest thing in therapy is meeting an individual where they are um not everyone is going to have the courage to come into a therapy room you know, so providers need to find creative ways to engage their clients, you know, mm -hmm. and that's um, something that, you know, I figured out to do personally and then things that I teach, you know, when I work um, at the university and I teach clinicals to other therapists and try to show them the craft of what to do is to really hone in on those specific interests that you have because that's how you're going to get individuals to gravitate towards you. So for me, it's like, you know, having therapy in a gym setting, for instance, is somewhere that like somebody may not recognize that it's there, you know, in a sense too. So not only does a person not need to be shy about, um, uh, shy about like going to seek out services, if you're gonna go work out at a gym, no one's gonna ask you like, oh, you're gonna talk to your therapist. You know, like, yeah, it's, just yeah. it's inconspicuous. Like, oh, I'm gonna go work out. You might happen to run into me, I might be there, and we might have a quick conversation and it helps out. So, um, you know, that's some a vision that I've had for a long time. 
Um, you know, I was working, as I said, through my spin studio. I was working on that myself, but I actually had an opportunity um, to partner with a uh, with an organization called Partners in Change, mm -hmm. um, and we run groups up at the House of Athlete, which is an NFL uh, sports facility up in Weston. Florida right now mm -hmm. and they're uh, you know not only do they train the everyday athletes so any patrons that come in want to work out and things of that sort they have a facility for that there but then off-season athletes NFL NBA uh, Major League Baseball soccer so many different people there's artists that come to that and um, to the location up there to work out mm -hmm. but um, you know there's various pillars of that organization and there they touch on all the different aspects so like not only is it mind body all these different experiences to kind of help people with their performance, but then mental health is the staple of that specific facility. Um, specific facility. So um, I'm up there running groups. I have um, two other individuals that I work alongside who are very also well versed in it. Uh, Dr. Mel Melanie Hussein runs the groups with me up there, and then uh, Dr. Mary Kilmeyer um, oversees everything that's happening um, in reference to that right now. Um, and similar to what I was saying, inconspicuous, it's just like, you know, we're in the community, we're there. People are already coming to the gym to better themselves, right? Mm -hmm. So with that being said, we're able to kind of add to that process and make everything mental from there. For people who have never been in a session, mm -hmm. so what would a session look like with you? Like, what's the process? Mm -hmm. cool. Great, great question. Great question. Um, so I'm really big on the intake process and mm -hmm. somebody's experience. Mm -hmm. And another big issue with the stigma behind mental health is finding a clinician to work with. And it's almost like, um, what do they call it, thing? like speed dating? Where you actually oh, sit yeah. down. Yeah, so it's, like you gotta, it's almost like you're cold calling therapist until you find somebody that even has an appointment. Mm -hmm. um, so what I do is I make sure my intake process is um, very welcoming and warm. Mm -hmm. um, and what I do is, you know, they, whether they come through my website or I send an email, I always book a free 15-minute consultation mm -hmm. where they get an opportunity to talk to me on the phone and just kind of feel the vibe out and see if we get along in a sense. But when I do my intakes, I'm not always trying to take on the client. I want to find what the best fit is for them. And I tell them, I'm like, I might not be the best fit for you, but I want to walk you through the process so you can understand how to seek the right therapist, what things to look for and what things not to look for, flags of like, oh, you probably might not want to work with this person, this person might not resonate with you. And I like psychoeducate as I'm doing the intake at the same time. So not only am I asking questions about, you know, why they're coming in, what the issue is, um, what they're looking, what their goals are, what they're looking to change or get better with, mm -hmm. um, I'm also actively listening to um, their responses and how they're speaking to see if there's another place that maybe might be a better fit for them that might not be me in a sense. And all of that for me is just making sure that they feel welcome and it's cool because you know I have, we'll have the individuals that I might refer to like Mel or, um, so, or somebody else that I work with. Mm -hmm. um, but then for the people that do come and work with me, at that point then um, you know they'll come into the office, they'll get a tour of the entire building. There's different areas. I have an indoor, which we're sitting in right now, but then okay. I have an outdoor patio area as well where we can sit outside if they you know prefer the fresh air, something like natural light. And I walk them through the process and just make them feel instantly like they're a part of whatever's happening here in a sense too. Um, so that's, that's a big piece for me to kind of give in that welcoming environment at least. Um, and then, you know, from there, I really just, again, meet them where they're at and I let them know. It's like, you know, yeah, I'm the professional in the room. Some therapists take an expert stance, but if I just met you, there's no way I can be an expert in your life. Yeah. You know, how am I going to tell you anything about you when I just met you, you know, in a sense. So it's just more about having that person feel comfortable enough to know that you're not there to judge, not there to tell them what to do. Mm -hmm. We're going to figure it out together and see what makes sense. 
move certain pieces around. And while we're having that conversation, I have an opportunity to listen to the wit, their verbiage and how they say things and things of that sort. And all the magic happens as I start to just kind of shift their languaging, their perspective on how they're saying things, and then they start to see it themselves. And then that's when you start to see change start to roll off from there. Mm. So like, what would you say are like the three the top three issues that people come to you for? Ooh, it's a really good question. Top three, top three. Lately, I mean, every season is different. It depends on the time of the year. Um, right now, lately, it's been a lot of like marriage counseling and not that things are wrong. Uh, and it's actually been really beautiful to see. It's like couples coming in before they get married just mm -hmm. to make sure that everything is clear you know, uh, boundaries and ground rules are set, they understand each other more and things of that sort. So that's what I've been working with a lot lately. Um, another thing that I would say is big is like lifestyle, life, life transitions is a big thing mm -hmm. where like uh, maybe somebody wants to leave a job or start a different career, um, change something in a relationship, you know, and they just don't know how to handle the situation and they may feel a little bit out of place. So like they're kind of seeking help on how to um work with some things in that in that facet um and then the other thing i would say and this is in respect to um i guess i would call it performance in a sense is like if an individual recognizes something is happening to them and it's affecting them whether it's like in their athletic abilities at sport like in in their sport or in their production at work or things of that sort they're coming to try and figure out how to overcome that hump or that block in a sense too and then what I'm able to do then is to have a conversation about everything in their life. So I will categorize myself as a relational therapist. You know, there's different types of therapists that you can go to for different things. Mm -hmm. And I work with everything relationally because it's you in relation to all the things around you always. So typically when we talk about a problem, you think the problem is the problem, but it's never the issue. It's whatever's surrounding it or around it. So they come in and they think like, oh, this is what I'm struggling with. And what they realize is that that problem is really just a cause of all the other things around it that they never did maintenance for in their in their life. Mm -hmm. And then I work around those things and what they start to notice is it like lifts up the pressure around what they felt was the biggest issue and then that tends to naturally solve itself. Gotcha, okay, that's really big because it's not really what the issue, the issue is the problem, it's the things around it and then once you begin to like dissect those things, mm -hmm. then, okay, I can see what you did there. Yeah. Okay, no, that's that's really, really, really good. I kind of wanted to also ask, like, in your personal life or personal experience, how do you yourself, like, improve your mental health? Like, for people that are watching this, they're not ready to take the step to mm -hmm. going to see a professional. Like, what are some ways that they can, like, yeah. improve their mental health? First thing, you need to triage your inner circle, your friends, your friend groups, the people that spend the most time around you. You need to do maintenance around that. Um, we all know we have specific friends for specific things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm very blessed to have um, a core group of friends where like, let's say there's like five and I know specifically who to talk to about what issue or whatever's happening. Not everyone may be fortunate enough to have that, but um, I say that because you can ask the wrong person for advice or they're just gonna tell you what you wanna hear, enable you to keep staying in a lot of those same cycles. Um, you know, you want to make sure that you're not only challenging your friends, but your friends are challenging you. So it's just like, you know, if I go, if I'm going through, you know, my own relationship issues or personal issues in my own life and I talk to a friend, it's never, they never are like, yeah, bro, so-and-so's wilding, da-da-da-da-da, it's not you. 
nah, they're just more like, they speak to like what I'm doing to perpetuate that issue first. And they're like, okay, like, what did you do? How did you handle this? What did, what happened here? Like, and then, you know, we talk about the situation and then we start to look at everything around it in a sense too. So, um, you know, number one thing is to primarily just triage the people around you because um, a lot of the time what's going to happen is you overlook how much they really influence your mindset and the sure. way you feel sure. and how you handle situations. And that could really lead you down the wrong path. Um, second thing I would say is to have your self-care regimen on point. Um, pay attention to the things that make you feel good. Um, a big reason why I named my uh, practice the New Balance Group is because the whole idea of it is about restoring balance, right? Mm -hmm. If you think about home, like you know, the definition scientifically of homeostasis in a sense, right? It's like when everything is at status quo yeah. or in balance. But the thing about balance is that no structure is ever really just fully stable in a sense too. There's always some give or weigh, weigh in it. Um, yeah, overall when you think about it. So if you think about human, the human nature, like how we are as people, um, there's good and there's bad. You know, who am I to tell you certain things that I may not agree with may work for you, mm -hmm. you know, in a sense too. So it's not about who's more right or who's more wrong. It's about like what actually he helps those individuals keep that homeostasis for themselves as an individual, right? So um, I bring that up because when I say like pay attention to the things that make you feel good, um, you know, we, we live in a world where like, you know, like, let's be honest, people are experimenting with drugs, they're doing this, they're doing that. Um, and, you know, everyone is going to have their own viewpoint of how to handle a lot of those different situations, right? True. Um, and this comes up because I do work um, a lot, you know, with artists and athletes and things of that sort. And there's, this is a part of um, lifestyle. the lifestyle and things that are there in a sense too. Um, but what it is, I bring it up in a sense where it's like you have to understand how you're utilizing things in moderation in a sense too. Um, so you want to put yourself in effective environments that make you feel better. You know, um, some people, they get into hard situations, they want to go out and drink and party with their friends, but then the next day, you feel like shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, you feel the like, same way. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like it doesn't take away the instance, but like maybe if you, it's, it's okay to go out and enjoy libations with your, your friends and have a couple of drinks and talk about certain things that are happening in your life. I'm mm -hmm. not going to take that out. But okay, what else can we add that is gonna keep that balance? If you're gonna to choose to do that, how are you pouring into yourself on a health and wellness tip? Are you, are you working out? Are you going for a run? Are you going for a walk? Um, go sit by the water. Like, you know, do figure out what it is that you can kind of balance out all the things that you like, but without pulling away um, attributes of you that you really thoroughly enjoy in a sense. Um, I think that really helps people kind of stay stable. And for me, like, you know, I spend a lot of time uh, by the water like the ocean for me is like what gives me like ultimate peace if I could see water hear water running For me that just gives me gives me so much calm So, you know if I'm ever going through tough times I try and go there and I find a space where I'm able to gain a little bit more mental clarity and Kind of ground myself there and then from there then I can think more clearly and make uh, More clear decisions on whatever I'm dealing with at that time um, so I would say that's a big thing is to just be mind, uh, again, the balance of the things that you guys are choosing to utilize to uh, keep yourself in a good space. Um, and then if I had to say one more, so I said be mindful of your friend circles. Self-care. Um, Self-care regimen. Um, let me think of another good one. Hmm. I, I don't want to go straight to, I'm like, yeah, go to therapy, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. No, it's like, you know, find, find someone to talk to as well, too. Um, there is a, 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 
a huge power in therapy in a sense because mm -hmm. the biggest thing is it's unbiased advice. You know, not everybody is capable of giving advice in an unbiased way. That's true. Um, you know, they're gonna put their bias in. My friends ask me for advice. I'm like, are you asking time when your friend or time with a therapist? Like, which are you, <laughs> who are you trying to talk to right now? Um, and we, we'll laugh about that kind of stuff too. But I always, I've always been an individual like that. I've always tried to lead or give direction in a way that wasn't necessarily coming from my own personal bias or what I think. Mm -hmm. It's based off of what the situation is right then, right there. Then after that, what I would do is, that's when I input my expertise mm -hmm. at that mm -hmm. point. When we look at everything for what's level and what's fair at that point, then I could say in my experience, from what I know or the things that I've studied or this, that, and the fourth, this might be a better a way to handle this situation or what we're dealing with. However, I understand the way everybody's looking at it. So. It kind of just keeps the playing field even and allows people to um, exercise their voice in a different way. Um, and I, you know, I, I think that putting yourself in an environment with like-minded people who can supply that for you is, is really important so you can get better at that as an individual. Gotcha. Okay, I really, really like that. I One last question. Mm -hmm. For someone who's probably stumbling across this from whatever parts of the world, um, if they're going through a tough time or just going through like a challenging life change, What's the one word of encouragement you would like to give them? Somebody who's going through a tough time or going through a tough life change, what is one thing that I want to tell them? It may, you know, it may, it may seem so basic, but I really do try and keep it simple. Every day is a new day. Um, every single day we wake up and we get an opportunity to start fresh. Yeah, there's some things that you've been going through that are still going to linger and be around in situations that you might need to handle. Um, but truly, you get a fresh start every day. And I think that's the beautiful thing about life. In a sense, no matter what I'm going through emotionally, mentally, physically, this, that, and the fourth, um, no day is ever the same. True. Similar, you may do the same things, but that doesn't, there's some aspect of every single day that changes, right? Mm -hmm. And now, if I relate that, that to a, a therapeutic modality, um, a lot of the times we talk about, um, let's say, being in a cycle, stuck in the same, oh, I wake up, I go to work, I do this, I push my do the same thing over and over again, it's a new cycle. But as you take the time to break down that overall cycle and you're looking at the big, big picture, mm -hmm. you know, if you go from a macro level to a micro level, what you recognize, there is something in that day that you did differently. Mm -hmm. Something different happened. It had to, you saw a different car, different bird flew by, something different always start at whatever that difference is or that changes and that is how you start to build and create a new cycle um and then from there you know if you seek out um some advice from a mental health professional whatever else have you they should be able to take that information and help you um create a new cycle for yourself and one that's more healthy and and feels better and will keep you pushing so yeah i like that thank you so much yeah, for, for taking sure. the time out to come on the something else podcast <laughs> um guys i hope you enjoyed this you know where to find us spotify and apple podcasts and youtube of course like comment and subscribe to the something else podcast would you like to share your socials yeah for sure you guys can follow me on instagram my uh, handle is at better call tyrone <laughs> thank you for uh, erica badu for uh, giving me that right there too but yeah at better call tyrone on IG and then my uh, company page is The New Balance Group, so at The New Balance Group as well. Um, that's where you'll be able to catch me online. Thank you guys so much and I will see you in the next episode. For sure. Thanks. Later.